This episode of the Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And Life Saving Systems Corporation, we do our work so you can do yours. Tough gear for tough jobs. Breeze Eastern. They dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help with your helicopter training, a standardization and safety check, or maybe just an audit or an FAA refresher. They are here to bring your agency up to date with the most current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. The training staff is awesome. With the certified flight instructor pilots, experienced crew members, which I am happy to say that I am one of them, they offer training in rescue, medical, tactical, firefighting, ground operations, and night vision goggle use. SR3 has also partnered with Petzl to assist with personal protective equipment and the highly specific Lazard. SR3 also goes beyond the helicopter world as they provide high angle rescue training and tactical medicine training. Contact them today at sr3rescueconcepts.com or over on Instagram at sr3 underscore rescue. And Life Saving Systems Corporation. They manufacture the world's toughest helicopter rescue gear. From my favorite harness as a rescueman, the Triton harness, to the rescue baskets, the litters, and of course, the most popular hook in all helicopters, the D-Lock. The team at LSE will cut, bend, sew, weld, and machine these products into existence every day. We do our work so you can do yours. LSC, tough gear for tough jobs. Check them out today at lifesavingsystems.com and follow them on Instagram at rescuegear. That's at R-E-S-Q-G-E-A-R. I had a super fun time with our next guest, especially because he's from New York and I'm from Boston, so we had to give each other a little bit of a hard time. But uh, he's a retired pilot from the New York City Police Department, my friend, Mr. Glenn Hoffman. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Okay, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Real Rescue Podcast. Today I have sitting with me, which I'm very excited about, Mr. Glenn Hoffman. What's up? What's up there, Jason? How you doing? Well, good. Except good. for that Boston... Uh 
logo you have on you, you know i was I, <laughs> I was waiting for this to come out because uh so for everybody out there yeah yeah you're from new york i'm from boston like yeah, we're like yeah. order of water so we, good thing there's a whole table between us because you know we could be rolling on the floor <laughs> go yankees go red sox <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Dude, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it, man. This is oh, good stuff. Well, it should be fun. Yeah, yeah. So for everybody else out there, if you don't mind, just give yourself a little introduction. Tell everybody about yourself, uh, where you're from, and, and how you got into what you got into. Well, Glenn Hoffman. I'm retired from the New York City Police Department. Uh, did uh, just about 17 years. I retired a little early. Um, retired from the aviation unit, uh, where uh, which is we fly the air support for the police department. We are sworn officers. I was a detective when I retired. And um, now I work out here in the desert flying uh, oil and gas and a whole lot in between before the, uh, I came out here. <laughs> right. What did you do in between? Kind of curious. I, I, when I retired from the police, I was an instructor for uh, Augusta Wesleyan, uh, teaching the Augusta aircraft Oh, nice. And uh, also flew corporate uh, 109s. I flew sightseeing and charter. I managed the company. Did you fly sightseeing around like New York? Sightseeing, yeah. That was was probably one of the most fun jobs. (laughs) Ten minute chat, you know. Low and slow? Slow, low. Kind of ribbon? Wasn't wasn't low. Yankee Bank? Come on. Yankee Bank. Yeah, we did did a lot of of fun things. around the Hudson River. We, we used to call it the, the Hudson 500. Oh, nice. Yeah, because right. it was just like a racetrack pattern and and uh, we just go back and forth. Come up around the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Woo! Rip Did around a, it. A 180 around the lady. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to get as many screams as possible. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Dude, that's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So how did you get into being a cop? Well... I'm yeah. sorry, a law enforcement that's, agent. That's better. A cop is a derogatory <laughs> statement. <laughs> not in New York, Copper. it's not. It's That's bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I know better. <laughs> we, uh, we, I, I, when I was in, I was in the Navy uh, and. Squid. I was a squid, a sailor. You know what? I can say that because I was a puddle jumper. So. Yeah, a knee deep sailor you are. <laughs> <laughs> You went and you went out past the break line. You, yeah, you know, you guys get I, we get scared. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Navy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, the last uh, one in the years I was on active duty, the last year or so, uh, I was assigned to the base police. Uh, we took over the the security detachment from the Marines because they had taken all the Marines mm. off guarding the bases and they put them back into the fleet. Oh, nice. I guess they were preparing for uh, the first desert storm, you know, in hindsight, because they took all the Marines yeah. away from uh, regular doing security work, wow. uh, just where uh, where they were needed, and then uh, the rest reverted back to the Navy. And as a temporary assignment from the squadron, they asked people to do it, and I just was tired of uh, just doing everyday uh, thing with the Navy squadron. Yeah. So uh, I um, I volunteered for uh, we don't call it shore patrol. That was uh, it was just called security detachment, and you know I got trained in law enforcement. And at the time, the NYPD was doing this big massive hiring. Uh, 
safe, safe city, safe streets. And uh, we had to maintain 40,000 police officers to get the federal, federal money. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, quite amazing. <laughs> wow. I, I, I would tell you my number, and I, I probably, if I looked on my ID card, it would tell, tell you the number I was exactly, you know, where I, where I sat in that 40,000. But uh, so I took the, the civil service exam because you have to take a civil service test. And uh, it was $15. <laughs> I remember now it's free, I understand. <laughs> but it was $15 so, back so you get, then. You get and, you know, $15 in the, in the 80s, man. Uh, like, in the, you what know, the heck? Wow, that's like a full man, ticket that gas. That's like a week's pay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I took the test. And uh, it took me three years to get hired Yeah, because they kept having delays. Uh, on the hiring and you know kind of bummed me out but it gave me time to do uh my flying and get my pilot certificates and nice. i uh, went out like first they paid for the airplane ratings all my fixed wing not all of them at the time but my private and then i switched over to helicopters and i did that and uh, when i got hired with the police uh in 1990 uh did the academy, did street time. I applied for the aviation unit. And uh, fortunately, very fortunately, I was picked up to the unit. Man, that's and, uh, awesome. And I spent um, just shy of 16 years in the unit. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I, I did I did my academy time. I did uh, a year and change on the street as a, a police officer. And then I was assigned to the aviation unit. And, Sweet. Uh, and uh, wow, what a ride, man! You know, coming from the old timers that were there, that I mean, they were hardcore old school police officers. You know, you know, you shut up or you get punched in the mouth. You know, that's you <laughs> that's know, New York, baby. That's Come New on, New York, man. <laughs> I was just telling somebody, you know, the two the two similarities between the the military back in the day. I don't know how true it is today. Back in the day, the two similarities were um, of the military and the police were, you know, yeah, you, uh, you do the right thing, you know, do your job, and if you don't, you get punched in the mouth, you know, <laughs> by by a man, by, yeah, not yeah. by a kid. No, no, you know, street fights growing up in Brooklyn were normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I grew. That's where I grew up. So you know, street fight, big deal. You know, yeah, yeah. you're getting punched by a kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, when you're an adult and you get punched in the mouth by a man, it's a different story. You know, it's a true. Hurts a little longer. You know, you tend not to do stupid things too often. <laughs> you know, you do it once. Uh, the next time. Yeah. You know. You know what? Uh, I think that's that goes all the way up through the Northeast because yeah. that was the same with me too growing up. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, it just was like you know, you know. Uh, Wise up or get punched. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. It's, that's uh, awesome. Anyway, you know, we weren't a violent crew, but, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so now when I got to the, I was a kid, you know, to me, to them, I was a kid. To me, I thought I was a man, you know, I was, I spent uh, four years on active duty. I waited three years to get hired. I, I got hired on the police when I was 25. And when I got there, the, the, the members of the aviation unit, had 25 years, 20 plus years, every oh, one of them. Wow. Jeez. In, in, in the police department. And I was like, they were like, kid. And, you know, <laughs> some of them were funny. They would, go, they would talk out of the side of their mouths. They were like, kid, 
you know, you know, I'm not going to curse on your show. They, they, they use a lot of a lot of uh, fun wordage. But what was really surprising about but about the aviation unit compared to the precinct was how much smarter. And I'm not talking about street smarts. I'm not talking about um, intelligence because intelligence is you know measured in different ways, right? But as uh, uh, academic, maybe is it the proper uh, thing to say, where I never saw a computer before in my life, you know? Yeah. Until I went to the aviation unit. And then all of a sudden you're on it every day. And they were talking about computers when I got there. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, you know, computer, you know? I mean, I think I saw one at school, you know? And, and you, <laughs> you, you know, you are computer. dating yourself here. Yeah, just we're talking about computers there. back in the day. The ones that we did see were you know, a green and, you know, DOS or whatever. I don't even know if that's even the right terminology. I'm still not computer savvy. I know you're making fun of your HP because I have an Apple, but yeah, yeah. Not, no promotion. Yeah, I'm not getting paid for that. But, uh, <laughs> um, Oh, that's funny. Uh, they, they were like computer wizards, you know, they were all talking about Pentium. I remember, I want to say Pentium 75s, you know, woo, they were big. And this, so, you know, I, 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 basically grew up with these men teaching me how to use computers that I mean I never knew about and, uh, and that was just really an interesting uh, aspect of being a young the youngest member of of the aviation unit and we were very small we only had uh, we had um, four jet rangers at the time okay and uh, two Bell 412s Oh, nice. All right. And uh, they used the, the Bell 412s for the rescue work and and uh, tactical stuff that we did and the Jet Rangers for patrol. Nice. And uh, we didn't have any uh, anything that we have today, you know? <laughs> so no FLIR, no MVGs, no... <laughs> I mean, we did have a searchlight. We hey, hey, what? Well, all know, right. You could, you got a spotlight. That's the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. What's, I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Try, I'm, I'm struggling with the name. S, SX15, maybe? I, Whatever. The, the strongest one. The 30 million camera. Out the time. The time. was amazing. <laughs> but the, it was the size of uh, a garbage can sitting on the bottom of this jet ranger. So, you know, it was like two pilots... 30 gallons of fuel yeah. and a searchlight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you got to cut the fuel in half just to take off. We're, we're overweighted, yeah, boys. Yeah. And then, and then as, as the years progressed, we, we started getting newer equipment because they became available, you know, uh, to, the, to the civilian market. You know, obviously, uh, the military had much of this stuff, but it's still antiquated for what we what we had then to what we have today yeah oh my gosh people would like who who could use this yeah yeah and um and so we we did eventually get fleur put on the fleur actual company fleur so thermal imaging by fleur yeah um fleur is uh forward infrared looking uh whatever yeah Uh, it's not radar but it's uh forward no infrared yeah, that's it. Forward infrared looking. FLIR. Yeah, forward looking infrared. Oh, that, yeah. Reverse that. Sorry. Look, look, look. Fluff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, which was really cool. And and to learn about it, to to be part of the process of, 
of law enforcement being the first, some of the first uh, departments to get these this kind of technology because the NYPD can afford yeah. stuff. You know, most of these yeah. small agencies can't afford, right? Uh, let alone a helicopter to then go and buy, you know, the the equipment. Actually, so you know between what? us and uh, because, LAPD. Well, because you say that, it, it's probably noteworthy right now that the entire New York Police Department is larger number-wise for personnel than the entire United States Coast Guard. Yeah. That, you know, it's a no wonder you have a budget. You probably have a bigger budget than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I want to say probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Our, we, our fuel not, budget's probably bigger than the, the the aviation unit fuel budget's probably bigger than the Coast Guard budget. <laughs> now, I have not looked at any numbers, so not Me neither. N- this is not can be not confirmed nor denied. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, when I say when I was on, I'm going to take a sip of tea first. When I was on uh, it on on the police department active, we had I say. At the beginning, it was 40,000 members plus. That's a lot. And uh, the reason was we had federal money given to us for to maintain that safe city, safe streets. And that was national, you know, throughout the country. It was yeah. a federal program. And obviously, once that program finished up, the numbers started dropping. And I, I think we're around, today, the NYPD is around 32,000, 33,000. Still a but lot of people. When I was on, when I was... A, a rookie, you know, when I get hired and my academy class is the graduating class of 2,500 members, something like that, some ridiculous number. We had to use Madison Square Garden as our yeah, graduation. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That, that but, was pretty cool. And, and you'd be surprised because you know me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not the most studious uh, of <laughs> students. You know, studying and me, I think we have an internal battle between each other. You know, yeah. study? No, why do that? Yeah. You know, just memorize it, you know. But don't do that, kids. Uh, study, study, study. Learn that poem. And people don't even know what that comes from. Learn yeah. that poem from the little rascals. I mean, you see. Oh, yeah, young. no, that, that's way old school. Yeah. I, like, I barely know that. You know, right? We used to go, learn that poem. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so uh, now let, let me fast forward a little bit, all right? So you are in the aviation unit. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your first rescue being there? So I was listening to one of your podcasts. and, and Thanks, and by the way. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I like listening to uh, to uh, people that do real, real exciting stuff. Don't listen to me because I don't do anything exciting. Well, <laughs> I'm just oh. Wow, way to ruin the rest of this podcast. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Sorry, don't expect anything big from this one. And New York PD is just out the window. <laughs> but uh, I apologize because I don't remember his name from uh, the San Diego. Uh, oh, yeah, place. Tony Weber. So, yeah, Tony. Uh, you know, he, he's been doing it forever, you know, 30-something years. And I guess I would be, too, if I stayed on. Yeah, know? yeah. And... Uh, and I know we, we'd all meet, and I don't know if I actually met Tony, but, you know, we'd met at a, a bunch of us would meet at the Edward Law Enforcement. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you guys have the ALEA conferences. conferences yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And so a uh, bunch of great guys, San Diego, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and what he was saying is that they still, to this day, use pilots as hoist operators in the back, which – when I first got into the unit, that's what we did. 
the pilots would duel. We did um, piloting and we hoist operation and in the 412 as a hoist operator. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, and it really gives you great perspective yeah. uh, of of what's going on in on the, the in the operation because you could see as the pilot know what's happening in the rear. Yeah, you know, and um, it's a big thing for any other operator to to actually have your the pilots at least do it. You know, right. get to get to train and do it. Maybe not to stay current doing it. I, I I'm not going to say yes or no on that because we we did get away from it at the NYPD. Our our hoist operator, our crew chiefs, we call them, yep. uh, are uh, all our mechanics, and, uh, and so they that was their dedicated task, but. When I was a fledgling, you know, uh, pilot, we got to do it. And uh, so the first rescue I did, I was with another crew chief because I was in training. You did your first rescue while you were in training? As in, in the unit, training yeah. as, a, as a crew chief. Yeah. yeah. And you so, got your first rescue. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't even qualified. I wasn't. <laughs> Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, nothing. <laughs> I don't even think I had a pair of gloves, you know. To oh, that makes hoist, even you know? better. Like, you know the hoist yeah. gloves? Uh, I don't think I even had a pair. <laughs> I probably still have the metal splinters in my, you know, hand. From the... <laughs> so, and, and, and mind you, it's not a daring open water rescue. This was a, what we call a mostly disturbed person, an EDP. I think they actually might even stop calling that in the police. I don't know. It may be a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, it was called EDP. Okay. And so we get this call. Uh, there's a EDP on top of the globe, the world, at Flushing Meadow Park. Now, Flushing Meadow Park is where they held the World's Fair in 19-something. <laughs> okay. 1960-something. I don't know. They had the, the World's Fair. And uh, you ever see Men in Black? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know the big, they have those towers, and yep. then they have a globe yeah. of the world. Yeah. Well, somebody decided to climb to the top of the globe, <laughs> and he was just sitting up there. Just chilling. And so, you know, back, you know, if they somebody made a call, hey, there's somebody up on the thing. Oh, it's a jumper, you know. It's uh, somebody trying to kill themselves. Yeah. I, it, the reality is the guy just climbed the thing, but he refused to come down. And so uh, they had the helicopter respond, you know, it's a jumper. Yeah. And so we flew over there with the 412, and we have all the rescue equipment and gear, and, and you know, we're stacked to do something, you know, exciting, right? Yeah. And we get up there, and, uh, and we, we see him. He's sitting up, he's, he's just sitting up there. And we're looking at it. He's got a crown on his head. He's wearing... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm king of the world. I'm king of the world. Yeah, he's like, I'm king of the world. He's wearing a Burger King. No, I'm not endorsing Burger King. <laughs> but he's wearing a Burger King crown. crown. You know, the ones that they give out? And he's oh, eating. <laughs> he's, sitting, he's sitting like... like like, this is his place to hang out. Like, he's just chilling up there. And he's eating his burger. He's got the crown on. And he's eating the thing. And we look at each other like, and, and they're like, you know, our, our supervisor, like, you got to get him down. You got to get him down. He's got a harness on. He's got ropes. 
I mean, he he he, he, he climbed, climbed it. He climbed it. He he'll be safer up there than us trying to rescue him. But we have to rescue him. Okay. Because he's in danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is this is. Yeah, I'm making fun of it because this is it, it, it's the. You know, uh, I don't even know what to say. You know, when people are telling us what to do, we're not in charge, right? Yeah. We're, 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 the, we're the worker bees. Roger that. And so we get told to do it, and we, we go out, and we, uh, and now how, how do we go about doing this? So he's, we're telling him, come to the helicopter. He's like, he's shaking his head. You know, we can't communicate with him because we're the noise of the helicopter, obviously. Yeah. So the, the, um, the tactical commanders down on the ground, the bosses, uh, tell us, give him a radio, you know, a, a portable radio, so okay. we can talk to him. And, like, how are we going to get it? I can't drop it to him, you know? Yeah. So the pilots say, oh, we're going to land. We're going to put our the skid yep. on, the, on the globe, on the top of the globe. Just do a little towing. And, or like and we're right going to step the... out. Okay. And... and so I was with I was with the other, the other crew chief. I, I love where this is going. The other crew chief, the other crew chief, um, uh, Brendan Galligan, great guy, detective Brendan Galligan. We got promoted together, so I could say detective. Nice, defective detectives. Yeah. Uh, great dude. He retired as well. Uh, I love that guy. He um, <laughs> he's the crew chief. I, I'm in training, and he goes, "All right." We're going to step out, and you, I'll hold on to you, your harness, because you can only have one, we only had one, we can only hook one person on, right? Okay. And Back we had the, the gunners, we had the gunners belts. We oh, didn't even have harnesses. God. We had gunners belts. That's goes, awesome. He goes, um, I'll be hooked on with, <laughs> in, you know, the strap inside the helicopter, not even yeah. the hoist. Yeah. And I'll hold on to your gunners belt, and you step out and hand them the radio. <laughs> I'm like... Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, like no thought process involved in this uh, whole thing because I don't know any better. And we did it, and um, we handed him the radio, and then uh, he's talking to us. And then we said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna come back and get the radio." But this time we had a plan to uh, to uh, grab the guy. Okay, and uh, and um, and uh, by the time we landed to grab him, he decided to rappel down. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we missed our opportunity the first time to grab him, but he uh, he repelled down. But we had to go back and get the radio. So that was the first. <laughs> you want to talk about rescue ish style rescue? That's uh, pretty good. It was That's pretty um, good. It was it was fun, and uh, and it was probably the one and only time I actually did a job as a crew chiefish yeah. chief crew because I wasn't qualified uh, in the back. The rest of the times I was up front. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty funny. That's that, the that, very first, and it probably was like the first, <laughs> you know, two months I was in the unit too as well. I mean, I was still like, you know, <laughs> woohoo, this is fun, you know. Uh, I love how you guys tune in to give a radio, and then they're just like, oh, thanks, man. Hey, what's up? <laughs> right, I'll be right down. Hold I on. Picture, I, I have pictures somewhere of the guy as well. So oh, it's that's classic. I have nothing here, but you know they're all home. 
you know, uh, stored uh, somewhere. But yeah, that's he, those are great pictures. And too. he was the Burger King. The at Burger that King. Time. He's yeah, a yeah. king of the world. King of the burger world. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's good. <laughs> you can't make it up. Oh, you can't. You, know? you can't yeah, make this stuff you up. You can't make it up. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of. We, we've had a lot of crazy, more crazy. Yeah. You see on a regular basis than normal. That I don't know if that makes. It makes sense, sense to me. It actually you know, probably makes sense to the majority of us to fly and do this job. We're like, yeah. yep, I get it. Crazy. Yeah. yeah we see a lot of a lot of crazy. You know, things that don't make sense or make us laugh in our community. Yes. Versus when we tell it to other people, they're like, that's sick. Yeah. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing is wrong with us. Yeah. Another one that was similar to to that, uh, the the Whitestone Bridge. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. So we have have lots of bridges in New York. Yeah. Like over 20, maybe even more. Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, so, we, just so you know, I can. I'm gonna edit all this little, yeah. like if you cough or okay. take a sip. Okay. I'll just cut that out. Okay. Um. So the Whitestone, we get a call. There's a jumper. Okay. Once again, is it really a jumper? A jumper means somebody jumping that 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 wants to commit suicide. Yeah. Jump off the bridge. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a big deal. So every asset is rolled out right. to the bridge closes down. Bridge closes down. You got down. boats underneath. Got emergency service, which yeah. is our SWAT team. Right. Boats, aviation. Excuse me. So we get there. We're circling. Sure enough, there's a guy up on the on the. He walked up the. I don't even know what do you call it. Like the the big this, cables. This, yeah, the suspension know, cables. Suspension cables. cables. Okay. So he's walking. He's up there. I mean, he's 300 feet in there, you know? Wow. And um, got no shirt on. He's, I don't even think he has shoes. Yeah, it's hard to tell, you know, because you can't get so close to him with the helicopter. Right. But anyway. As you're looking around. No, but there's things you see from the air, even at 300 feet, and you're like, if he's 300 feet from the water, yeah. plus you're another 300 feet up, so well, it's called two, and you're probably circling about 500 feet, yeah. right? There, you can see some stuff. Yeah. So, so we see our our emergency service emergency service workers uh, officers climbing up the bridge. Yep. And we're guiding. You know, yeah, he's he's there. Um, we have other ones coming up from the other side, so they can you know box him in. Yeah. He decides he's going to swing off the cable. And you watch him, and he does like a Tarzan swing. And he's so just, he had, did he have his own rope up there? Nothing. Nothing. He's doing this all by hand. And he's, you know, doing yeah. the whole Tarzan and swinging from cable to cable. And we're like, we're watching him. And we're like, okay, we're going to pick him up out of the water in moments. He's, he's going in. And, uh, and uh, you know, we watched him, and he he actually did this whole thing, and he went right past the emergency guys, and he just kept going, and he went all the way down. Like Jungle Jim yeah, swinging on. Yeah, he went on. to the bottom of the cable, so yeah. they were on the top of the cable. Yeah. And he's 
Like hand over hand, hand monkey bar. And swinging and jumping and letting go and grabbing. and I, I, It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But we were all hoping that he would go in the water so we could do the rescue. You know what? That, that's so funny. It's like, come on! Oh! Yeah! yeah! Oh! <laughs> you know what? There might be something wrong with us. It's official. <laughs> but, but, anyway, we got to deploy all our fancy equipment and rescue gear and emergency service got to climb the bridge and get a good workout in and <laughs> it burnt a lot of jet fuel so oh i watched the amazing circus act <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and is there something wrong with the guy no but they're yeah. gonna probably lock it you know well they probably did lock him up yeah. for so anyway it's funny stuff there's, yeah. there's there are a lot of um there are a lot of stories in new york yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. and we're we're just we're just getting a little piece of it right now. This is yeah, this is kind of good. I know you guys are anxious for rescue work. You know? Well, I you know I I just like the stories. So yeah. I I mean, well, although I, you did mention like kind of offline, this is kind of one of the reasons you and I got here is you had mentioned a couple of jet skiers that you were assistant to to pull yeah, out. We, so yeah, well, that was that was in uh, in the Hudson River. One of many, many times uh, we've rescued jet skiers, but this one was actually caught on by the news camera while we were doing the rescue. So it actually, hap- so it actually happened. It actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> this one was yeah. really real. This is yeah. You can only you can if you can only uh, let's say if it, it only it's only real it's only true if it's uh, documented. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, that one we uh, just just. Uh, Everyday call we get, you know, a hundred a day of a you know person in distress and a yeah. boater in distress, person in distress, in the water, Hudson River, and uh, we got on the scene and sure enough, there's we could see the jet ski. It's pinned against the pilings. Okay. And uh, and uh, our divers spot divers and the crew chief uh, spot uh, people in the water. One, I can't. Remember. I think there were two. Uh, Two jet skiers in the water, and uh, apparently what happened was they were they were jet skiing and they fell off. But the current is so strong in the Hudson River at certain times of the day. Yeah, you know uh, the, in, the incoming tide and the, the out out tide uh, could be up to uh, eight knots. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, yeah. uh you're not it's swimming against that. No, you can't or, swim against. Or, or, let me say that. you're not swimming against that for any length of time. Well, you just can swim. Gonna... Yeah, you can swim against it, but you're yeah. not going anywhere. Right, right, right. You're actually yeah. going backwards. Yeah. You know? I mean, unless you're really, you know, a rescue guy like yeah. you. Come they, on, baby. They, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but somebody like you could do at least nine knots. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, so full of it. I so, love it. But you could see the tide. You could see it, it was an incoming tide. Yep. So uh, uh, it was moving six to eight knots. It was moving quite rapidly. And uh, you could see it, how fast it was moving. And they were pinned pretty pretty good against the pilings, and um, so the divers said, "Hey, drop us, you know, on the, on you know, up, up. Uh, we'll call it up river, up river, yeah, yeah up we'll, current, up current, and yeah. and let the current take them to because obviously they couldn't swim against it, right? Yeah, and uh, so I dropped them. A, I want to say maybe 50, 75 meters from from the the pilings and they I mean they were on them and 
a minute. Yeah, yeah. not even. Yeah. You know, and, and our, our rescue, our crew on the 412 on a rescue aircraft is the two two pilots, uh, crew chief, yeah, hoist operator, uh, crew chief slash hoist operator. We only have one, and two scuba divers from our and scuba team. So they're they can fully either do kitted out scuba gear. Yeah, they, tanks, tanks, regulators, BCDs, the whole nine yards. Yeah, uh, and, they, and then they choose what they wanted, what equipment they want to use. Whether Got it. sometimes they'll go in just for a surface swim, yep. which in this case it was a surface surface rescue. No need for tanks. Okay. So they didn't. I don't believe they went in with the tanks. I can't. I'd have to look That's at the video, right. but I'm, I'm going to say they went in just surface because yep. they had to make a swim, so they probably didn't want to use their tanks. Uh, they went in. They they wear the full dry suit, and they wear um, their mask. When they wear the, when they do surface, they'll just wear a scuba mask and the snorkel. But when they do with the with the tank, if they're gonna do uh, uh, underwater rescues, they wear the auger, the full face mask. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, with yeah. comms and everything. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, it sounds oh, like they're speaking into a. A tin can when I talk to him, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so we, we tend to use hand signals more, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. But that's actually pretty cool. I, I didn't realize you guys did that. That's yeah, yeah. to even have communications where they can just listen to you guys is that's a big yeah, deal, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, that so mind you, from the time I started in the unit, yeah. to to this to that rescue. Uh, and obviously today it's even more advanced. The equipment has gotten better and better and better and more advanced. And very much so. And it helps, as we say in the aviation world, situational awareness. Yeah. In, in the rescue world, I'm sure you have a, a terminology for it, uh, where we just, it, it makes our environment, it makes what we do easier. Oh, it's a game you changer. Know, a game when changer. you start adding some of the equipment that's out there now, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's so, awesome. So getting back to the the rest of that. Yeah. So so you dropped them. So couple. we yeah we drop them and you know we'll, we'll get down low enough in the water so they're not making a, a you know a, they they're doing maybe a, a five meter jump. That's not you know, too bad. Nice. You know, Fifteen yeah. feet. Yeah. Uh, depends on if you like the dive or not. You know sometimes <laughs> up to a thirty meter. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, all thirty meter or thirty feet. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depends on the, if you like the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, we had very good close uh, relationships with our uh, our scuba guys, and um, so you know, you know who liked what, and some some of them you had to put the skid in the water, you know, to, wow. to deploy them. You know, they yeah. didn't like jumping. Yeah. You know, and and it is it's uh, with the full tank. And the equipment, you kind of got them real low, yeah. Because you know, just that little movement of the tank could, right. you know, hurt them. Because they they are free falling or free -falling. kilo casting off yeah. the side of the four twelve, so they're stepping on the skid, yeah. fully kitted out scuba tank, all that weight, and now they're jumping, boop, and drop yeah. or really just stepping off and dropping into the water. Yeah. So uh, when you hit wrong, you're going to be hurting. Yeah, we've had we've had a, a, quite a few uh, get hurt. Yeah. You know. Uh, we're not looking to hurt people. No, we're looking, you know, and we'll we'll continue after the story. But as as a rescuers, you don't want to be causing more problems to hurt people and right. 
and become the victims. Right. You know, that's defeats, a whole other that yeah. defeats the purpose yeah. of us responding. Exactly. You know, if we're going to respond and we uh, we get into an accident. Yeah. Uh, now I have five. I'm, I'm in charge of five lives, you know, and, you know, $20 million worth of equipment. Uh, it, it's, you have to make that decision. Is it, right. is it, where's the benefit? Right. You know, uh, is it worth responding? And, and we, I have another story to go with that. But on this one, so we, we deployed the divers, backed up the, at the time, I'm not sure if this is how, I've retired quite a while now, from from that uh, but we used to uh, deploy and then up and to the left until we got the thumbs up and then we'd go back to the orbit okay um, I don't know if that's how you guys did it in the coasties but um, you guys lot. are experts yeah it, you know it, it yes yes but you guys are flying a different aircraft than we are you know a 60 uh, right. the Blackhawk can, can or the Jayhawk can just sit into a hover so no, no, we, it, the hover wasn't the problem was to we deploy them and then come back and to the left so we could see yes see what was going on yeah. until we got the thumbs up yes uh, so normally we didn't stay in the hover because of the noise and the, and the downwash yeah. so we didn't want to we didn't you know we let them right. operate and then we'd come back and uh, they call for the equipment give our yeah. crew chief time to uh, assess and pick out the right equipment yeah. you know sometimes they wanted we called it a diaper just a the seat yep. you know uh, sometimes they wanted the penetrator. Sometimes they wanted the basket, so yeah. it depends what what tool that they wanted when yeah. they got on on scene. They would give the hand signals because, like I said, you couldn't understand them on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, God so bless the hand they, signal. They would, I think those radios really were for underwater. They could speak to each other better underwater. Oh, nice. And, okay. Uh, uh, I guess the the water, you know, transmitted the sound better than the, huh. the air. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. It still yep. sounded like Charlie Brown speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> technology. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> anyway, so they called for the basket. We we uh, we we uh, we pulled up uh, the victims. Uh, they weren't in bad shape at all. They were they were just cold, cold and wet. Yeah. Expected. And put them in the basket and um, and then went back. You know, we dropped them on the beach. Uh, the shoreline beach. Uh, there's really no beach in the Hudson River. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all <laughs> it's right. Rocks. Yeah. And uh, to the waiting uh, emergency service units, they they made a little landing zone for us. We we dropped them, went back and uh, picked up the divers. So it was a four hoist uh, evolution. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, and it was all caught on by the news cameras. The Man, news, that's awesome. Uh, things. Which then, now we're heroes, right? Uh, so they have <laughs> of to. Of course, they have to. Uh, they have to uh, have an interview. Yeah. And so they do this whole interview, and since I was the the pilot in command, <laughs> I have to do the interview. <laughs> and you know, and you know how shy most of us are. We don't like speaking to the news at all. It's not something that the police. You know, we yeah. we don't like it because. They like to make up their own, uh, their own narrative, their own narrative. Yeah. So we kind of avoid it, and we're only allowed to do it if the police department allows us to do it. Yep. So, uh, so of course, yeah, great press, you know. And so we do it, and I go on and say, do the whole speech, just basically what I told you, but instead of saying pilings, I said pylons. 
and but uh, you know when you're speaking and you know you're a little nervous you know you got yeah. these cameras stuffed up in your face and you know, you, so I said pylons and uh, and when the interview when it it aired the next day when I come to work there's you know police officers can be they like they're, they're like a good joke I like to you know the orange cones the pylon pylons uh-huh. yeah were all over the place on my locker in front of my locker all the way from the parking lot to my locker there had to be like 300 of them I'm like and I, and at first I didn't get it you're like I'm like what is this you know like I thought they were just messing with me I mean they were messing with me but I didn't get it and then they're like pylons and I, and I, I'm like, pylons. I said pylons I said pylings and they played the video back for me you know and I'm like, pylons and I'm like gotcha Duh, so, you know, so what up. we do with each other is yeah we do we what we, what is just a normal operation for us yeah becomes a, a, a big rescue you know and we did save lives so that's yeah it's us but when you're doing it every day it's just normal yeah it's not it's like yeah okay give me peanut butter or jelly sandwich you know, yeah what's next no nothing it's yeah. not it's, yeah, it's not, what we do. It's, it's what just, we do. It's what we train to do. Yeah. We train. We we do our thing, and yeah. we, we move on. You know, but uh, you know when it gets gets up into the news now, you oh you you're a hero. You know, <laughs> yeah. where were you yesterday yeah. or last week yeah. when when yeah. this happened or that yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, yeah. You know, so. What's good about our brotherhood and sisterhood is that we keep each other grounded. Yeah. And by making, you know, by making fun of each other like that doesn't let your ego swell. Right. And it's, it's a huge thing in our industry. And, our, and, and what we do is if you allow your ego to be uh, ahead of, you know, what we do, in charge of what we do, yeah. people get hurt. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you, you got to stay grounded. Yeah. Focus on the training. Uh, we trained all the time. You know, uh, when you became a pilot in command, you hit all the uh, oh, of the SAR aircraft. You 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 hit all the, the requirements. Trained them. Did them. Been yeah. Good. You worked hard the, to get to that point. You, you learn. You work hard to get to that point, and you, you do your uh, your check ride. Yeah. Uh, with you know the, our company check airman which you know at the time uh, Matt Rally who passed away rest in peace Matt uh, he uh, would would you know put you through the paces you had to do everything yeah you know and you did it you, while you're doing the training you do it over you know months yeah for the check ride you do it in one day yeah and yeah. it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's a lot, you know. It is uh, a lot. So all of us in the aviation industry know we, we, we train and then our, our check rides are ridiculous, you know. Right. Because you're hit on multitudes yeah, of things that, yeah, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And we, like for us, it was a scenario-based and, yeah, okay, scenario-based, here yeah. you go. Yeah. Here's, here's what you got. You're mapping weather plans. You're, yeah. you're, you're actually, you have to do the job. Yeah. Even though it's a scenario, it's, it's a "Quote unquote real life scenario." So uh, let's let's take that one step further. Sure. <clears throat> I did my pilot and command check ride on November twelfth, two thousand and one. 
the fact that you remember that so vividly. Why, why don't you uh, put that date in and tell me what happened on November 12, 2001, and we'll cut. Ready? <laughs> to it. <laughs> November 12, 2001. I know what happened that day. And actually, that was the following day when the airlines decided to uh, run into the World Trade Center. Mm. 9-11. No, that, no, 9-11. Oh, that's, that's a month later. A month later. So, Sorry. No, that was a month earlier. Oh, a month earlier. All right, we'll cut that part out then. And we'll say, here we go, ready? American Airlines Flight 587 crashes in Queens, New York. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that, that, uh, so we were doing my, I don't know what, I, I honestly can't even remember what we were doing for the, that PIC check ride at Floyd Bennett Field. And, um, and, uh, so Floyd Bennett Field is just about seven miles to the west of Kennedy Airport. Jail. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, Kennedy goes, uh, PD-14, that was the call sign for us. Uh, you have a, uh, whatever type of aircraft that was, a heavy, heavy, uh, it's an A3, A380, yeah, uh, A320 or something like that? A, no, yeah, A3, so it's a, A340. It's a, yeah, like so it's an Airbus A300B4. A300, yeah. Yeah. They say, anyways, you get an Airbus uh, heavy, you yeah. know, uh, just departed runway... Um, now I can't even remember. Whatever. Uh, from Queens, they were leaving yeah, out of Queens, and, uh, and it's turning outbound towards the bridge, you know, towards us. And he goes, "Let me know when you have in sight." And I so is that, uh, is that Sully? <clears throat> no, no. <clears throat> okay, sorry, I'll cut that so, out. So, uh, so uh, I'm turning northbound, yep. and he's turning southbound, and I see him. I go uh, PD14, you know, uh, Airbus uh, heavy in sight. Yeah, you know, American Heavy, whatever they... Yeah. Well, I, I can't remember what the call sign was. Sure. And uh, and he said, uh, PD-14 uh, PD Insight, uh, the Airbus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the next thing I hear, my crew, ch my fire truck, the guy in the fire truck, we have a fire truck standing by while we're doing emergency procedure training. Okay. Practice on the run one. Mind you, this is your check ride. This is my check ride. So you're on your check ride night. I'm on and, my check ride. And this gets called in. Okay. And so I just spoke to the plane. Yeah. We just passed each other. Okay. I mean, I'm not we, I, I a couple of miles apart, but yeah. I, you know, we're in the same aspect. Yeah. You proximity. have visual of each other. We have visual. Um, I just made my northbound turn. He's making that southbound turn. I hear, oh my gosh. I'm like, you know, and it's this guy Tim Tim Hayes, great dude, and he saw the planes strike the tower. He was on uh, the SAR aircraft after the first one hit. He was up there, and the second one almost hit him. Yeah, so he sees that he sees now this plane breaking apart and and balling in into the rockway. I we turn immediately to the south, and we see we see the rest of it happen. Holy. And so we end up being the first aircraft on the scene. We have no nobody on board, just me and the me and Matt Rowley. The, you know, we were the, on our check ride. Yeah. 
Uh, we don't. Uh, well, we we well, had a crew chief. We have no. We I think we had dropped the crew chief off because we were just doing emergency procedures, right? At that okay, point. so you go minimal crew. Yeah, for we, yeah, emergency all, procedures. Yeah, we, we yeah. like we were doing for everybody else out there. It'd be like doing autos, and you're doing all your uh, yeah. flight safety emergency stuff, and and we always go minimal crew. Minimal crew. Yeah. yeah so so I, I believe we didn't have a crew chief. Okay. At at this moment, so we just we. We were like, holy. And so my, now I wasn't a PIC yet. I was doing my PIC checkout. And yeah. We fly over there and uh, and we call, you know, we, we we make the radio calls. The SAR aircraft now, because we, we weren't the SAR aircraft. Okay. We were doing training. They respond. Obviously, there's nothing to Nobody to pick up. Yeah. Uh, although the people on the ground, we did, they did some uh, medevacs for the for people that got hurt on the ground. And wow. so that this was my day day almost day one of being a SAR PIC. Holy smoke! Yeah. So uh, so I have to, and once again to keep us grounded, we get, we all get back. Every, you know after. You know, 20 hours of uh, being interviewed by the yeah. FBI and everybody. Because, you know, what did you see? Yeah. You know. Uh, NTSB gets involved. FAA know, but, gets involved. You know, we, but because we were there and we we were the last witnesses of the aircraft. Right. Who, what did we see? What did, and um, uh, I turned to Matt. I go, did I pass? <laughs> 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 and he looks at me he goes no <laughs> I'm like what do you mean no he goes oh we got more stuff to do I'm like no so yeah, it was funny you know dang we, man we had to continue I didn't I didn't finish my PIC ride until like two days later but it was funny you know I figured I'd, I'd get away with uh, not having to do the rest of it but uh, yeah that was uh, I, I remember wow yeah crazy yeah so uh i can't remember what i wanted to say about that uh the other training stuff but go ahead dude lead this on, is awesome lead on. this is awesome i mean uh, rescues so we have this place called promotion point okay and uh it was um breezy point uh, the jetty that goes all the way out in Breezy Point or, or off of um, the barrier. What's it, what, what are they called? Um, what do you call the, the break? You know, they built that whole break along the whole Oh, oh you're coast. talking like a, yeah, like a, a wave break or, or the, the jetty. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah jetty. the jetty that comes out and breaks up the waves. Yeah, so they had this in. jetty and they had a big tower on the jetty okay. with a light, obviously, because yeah. there's yeah. rocks. And uh, people would love to go fishing out there. Yeah. When at low tide so they walk out of course high tide comes in unexpectedly fast yeah when and you're not paying attention you don't know how to read tides yeah. yes and um, <laughs> and they uh, m- normally between two and five a season you know so it didn't happen every year you know all year but yeah. you know during certain times of the year people would get stranded out there yeah and we'd have to go rescue them. Yeah. And it's 
when I tell you it's it's um, it's more funny because they climb up into the tower and they're you know twenty feet above the water, but sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes they're down in the in the break. Oh wow! Okay, and uh, you know we call the promotion point. It's very dangerous, as you know, uh, being a rescuer that has to go in the water. Yep. The, the rocks, you know, uh, the hydraulic power of the water right, right. and rocks, uh, they can crush you. And you can do one of two things as a rescue. You can stay connected to the hook to do more of a direct deployment type method or mm. disconnect based on how high the tapes are, how big the break is. And and we've had all different types. Yeah. And once again, sometimes it's caught on video. <laughs> and uh, the guys, we all made the rescues there. Yeah. And the ones that were caught on video got promoted. Hey. Promotion point. Promotion point. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, before you I go, obviously, out, hey, news crew, news crew, we're getting called out to promotion point. I obviously didn't get promoted from that, uh, uh, but there's a few <laughs> other guys that did, and you know, it's always just like a, a sore, you know, I, I did that same rescue and I didn't get promoted. <laughs> you and, didn't uh, get it on video, so it didn't, didn't really happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, so that that's that's another good place, and yes, there's some really great uh, tools to use, like you pointed out, for uh, doing the. Uh, different types of saw work yeah uh, the penetrator uh, we use the penetrator quite a bit more than probably anybody else wow that the penetrator was a favorite tool by our rescuers about our divers they really liked it because uh it it you know what the penetrator on which one oh, yeah it's there's a penetrator there's a jungle penetrator we're not right. talking about the same one we're no talking so about the, it's, it's like a t-bar yeah it's made by lsc uh, that, yeah, yeah the, the, the T-bar comes up, the bottom seat portion folds it's up. up. So you have the, like a T and then... And then there's a drops, hook so you can hook yeah. your carabiners on. So yeah, and, and you sit down. It's a great just, tool. Yeah, but it's probably better than... Um, like we didn't... We, we didn't always like to put the basket in the water because okay. it's very difficult to get people into the basket. If you don't know what you're doing. But... <laughs> Come on, New York. Come on, yeah. It's with the police. We don't have. We don't know what we're doing. No, no. I. You know what? I. I'll back you up on that. If you're not training to that all the time, to that specific piece of equipment, then you've got ten pieces of gear. Yeah. You know, you're gonna go to the one that you're most comfortable with, and if you're most comfortable with that, then that's the one you're gonna use. But the the basket. If if somebody's severely injured, yeah. Obviously, we're not putting them in a basket. We're putting them in a litter. Right. Right. Uh. So, okay, so the Stokes is probably the... It's one of the hardest pieces hardest. of gears, especially <laughs> yeah. in the water. Yeah. To put somebody in the Stokes basket, it, it takes it takes effort, time, and you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, and, you know, uh, we, we use the same equipment because almost everything we did was based off the Coast Guard because we trained with the Coast Guard all the time. Yeah. You know, we went down to Jacksonville, you know, some of us, not all of us, yeah. uh, to fly with Hitron. Uh, that has nothing to do with the rescuing, by the way. No, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. We yeah. did a lot of shooting. <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about fun, shooting out of a helicopter, uh, 50 cal out of the back of a helicopter is pretty cool. This is um, not this podcast, but it could be very soon. <laughs> um, uh, but we trained with the Coast Guard regularly. Uh, we hoisted off the back of their boats. We did training... I guess you, know, you have to tell me because yep. um, uh, it's been so long. But the Coast Guard, uh, 
obviously the helicopters have their air crew has to train a certain amount yep. of hoisting and stuff, but the boats have to do it as well. Uh, as far as I know, yes, I'm not too savvy on that side of it, but oh. they do like to get their their boat qualification right. or hel heliops, heliops helicopter so operations. Because the Coast Guard left Coast Guard Air Station Brooklyn, Brooklyn yep. and they went down to Atlantic City, Atlantic City. Jersey. Coast Guard Activities New York was in Atlantic City, then. Yep. and uh, so they would call us up. And say we'd always do joint training with the Coast Guard. Cool. And it, it was a good opportunity for us, and it was a good opportunity for to keep them qualified. Yeah. And I always loved that. Uh, I loved when Coast Guard activities called. You know, because we have we had like you know, a good good relationship. With yeah. Them, so know? now all of a sudden you're doing. So we were their asset when they left New York. They considered us as an asset to uh, part of their air asset. Nice. Because they had one in Atlantic City and the one yeah. in Cape Cod. Right. And we were the one in between. So who would they call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> who are you going to call? Convenient enough, same place based out of New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I love it. You know, you guys, oh. you know, especially coming from the military and then, yeah. and, then, and then not being in the military and then being in the police where it's so not the military right right and uh and you know you, you know we answer the phone you know you have to answer which which drives me insane working where i work now nobody answers the phone yeah and or they just say hi yeah, hello hi they don't even tell yeah. you where they helicopters yeah right. so really? um when you call the like hours you had to answer it by three rings yeah and you, you had to give you where what where you are and who you are yeah and if you didn't, I mean, we'd get integrity tests. Like right. people, we'd have people actually had a job to call to see if you were doing it. I mean, I wanted that job, but they didn't <laughs> give it to me. And um, <laughs> I could do that. So, uh, so you know, you'd answer the phone, and uh, you know, uh, if you reach aviation unit, Detective Hoffman, not going to help you. you know, that's pretty like good. That. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then, and you'd get on the other end. I. Uh, Hello, Detective Hoffman. This is, uh, you know, uh, Edson, you know, whatever, from Coast Guard Activities New York. Oh, Edson. <laughs> yeah, now my whole persona changed, you know? You know cause Sir? Now, no. <laughs> you know, or I get the petty officers, the petty officers, oh, and so yeah, yeah. Coast Guard Activities New York. Do you have an air asset available? <laughs> of course we do. Well, we're yes, not the we Coast do. Guard, <laughs> I would say. And they're like, you know. Like, what are you they, saying? We have assets available. They're just busy. <laughs> like, where's yours? And I'm like, you, and then, you know, like I would ask, do you have a credit card? You know, and then they're like, what? what? And then they, the OOD would get on and start oh. talking to me. And uh, like, what do you have? You know, oh, we, you know, we have a, we have a, uh, uh, this one in the middle of the night. Now I'm the. I'm I'm the pilot in command now of, of SAR, but I'm with my instructor. Nice. Who, um, you know the instructors in the police. You know everywhere your your instructor, your mentor. Yeah. Is your mentor for life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was great guy. He's very shy, so I won't mention his name. But no worries. Uh, uh, he the guy taught me so much. He taught me how to to be. A captain, how to be the pilot in command, and so now I'm flying with him, and uh, we get this call, and it's um, Coast Guard activities. We have a, we have a 700 foot ocean going tug that needs a medevac. 
like cool. <laughs> you know? oh, all right. Cool. Well, I don't know. Where is it? You know, and they, they give us the Latin long. Um, it's, uh, you know, out by, it, it was like 30 miles offshore uh, from either land, from Sandy, uh, from San Diego, <laughs> not San Diego, uh, from, because that'd be really far from New York. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, Sandy Hook, uh, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 30 miles from that way and 30 miles from Floyd Bennett Field. So it's, it's only 30 miles offshore, but it was completely, because you could go 30 miles off of Floyd Bennett Field and be five miles offshore and. Oh, in New yeah. Jersey, yeah, yeah, because of the way the yeah the angle is. But so this you, was literally th- 30, thirty miles offshore. Yeah, this is thirty miles. And okay, we don't we didn't normally go that far that far offshore yeah. because it just wasn't our area of operation. Right, you know, New York City is our area. So and actually, that that's a good point because now there once you respond to that and you take off to that you now are out of your area of responsibility. Yeah. So if something comes up in your area of responsibility. You can't respond because you're well outside that, you know, so. And, anyway. and, and that wasn't always our concern, but yes, yeah. you know, I mean, we, uh, we've taken the asset away from, from our area. But, right. but um, a call is a call. So we're not going to say, no, no, we can't yeah. do it. Of course we can do it. Yeah. Plus I wanted to see what. We're a, NYPD. Of course plus, we can do it. Plus I wanted to see what a 700-foot ocean-going tug is. How awesome <laughs> is that? 700 feet. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's not 700 feet. No. No. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Not an ocean tug. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we've had so, this discussion. Yeah, yeah we had this discussion. So I, I, I'm, like, I'm excited. I'm Jones on this. I'm like, man, you know, we'll be able to land on this thing. You yeah, don't right? have to hoist. We don't have to do anything. We could, 700 feet, I can find a place to put this sucker down, you know. There's no way. 700 feet. So we get out there and... And it's a big tug, but it's not 700 feet. It's plugged into the back of a barge. Yeah. Pushing so the, the barge. The barge is 600, well, what, 550, and this yeah. tug is 150 feet. Yeah. I mean, the tug is still big, but it wasn't big. It was tall as well. Yeah. So the... Because they're going to be able to see to the end of the barge that they're the pushing barge, and pulling. Yeah. It's, it was the most amazing is it the yeah. one with the V? Like they the have the v. cutout. Yep. Yeah. 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 So the boat, the the nose of the the vessel, the the, the bow barge, yeah, of yeah. the vessel goes into that nose cutout of the barge, and that's how they're plugging yeah, yeah. along. I, it just the, was amazing. So we were trying to figure out where we can. Now we have to do this hoist, and because <laughs> the 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 wheelhouse. Yep. Uh, I'm using, I'm trying to use proper marine terminology for you squids. Yeah. Real squids. Uh, I was an Airedale in the where, Navy. I was, where, I was an aviation. I wasn't a, where's the steering wheel? It's where the steering wheel's at. It's, it's in the corner, Master. The corner, Master. Is, uh, so, uh, it's in, uh, we're uh, Airedales. Come on, man. It's the nose of the boat the and the tail of the boat. So, oh, uh, shoot. So, with with it being so high, and then the, all the big whip antennas, uh, everything that will, we it was a, uh, it had to be a good 150, 200 foot hoist. Jeez. At night, um, obviously moving, you know, we, you know, which is always good for us anyway, right? Yep. Um, yep. Uh, the, the seas weren't that bad. It was, I mean, not for us. We we just held altitude and you yeah. know slight forward movement you know just to do our the hoist but uh we got the tagline down 
which I think uh, we got that from the Coasties. Nice. The whole tagline. Nice. Band, and it was really cool. Not as fancy as what you have today, what I saw. That tagline is really nice. But uh, ours was just a little wrapped up in rubber yeah. bands. A little poly pro. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, Coast Guard still uses that one yeah. today. And so yeah. uh, we got it down to uh, to the ship's uh, crew members, and then they they uh, held on to it while we uh, we lowered our uh, we hoisted our uh, our um, paramedic down. Oh, nice! Uh, emergency nice. service. We we didn't put our because it wasn't a water rescue at this right. point. It was just a hoist, but it was a hoist at night off yeah. this seven hundred. <laughs> on the way yeah, 30 yeah. miles offshore yeah. and it was interesting you know it's things that we don't do and mind you we did this unaided we didn't have mbgs right uh, so hopefully your tugboat was at least lit up enough oh, it was for lit you. up it was like That's, a city i mean oh nice amazing. okay but still what you're so high uh you we're high up to stay away from the antennas yeah and uh, it was still seemed pretty close to them yeah because uh, the hoist only has a, a 300 foot uh, I think 300 foot of cable. Depends on the yeah, hoist, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah, 290 two, usable feet would yeah. be, again, depending on the wood. Right, two, two, yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. It wasn't, we didn't have much, yeah. we couldn't go much higher. Yeah. So, uh, um, and, you know, you're out, it's pitch black, there's no horizon, there's no visible, so, you, I mean, and, and we were unaided, you know, so, you know, the lights from, from the, the boat, but coming from below, you know, so really making everything else out in the horizon pitch black. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, that, that was fun, you know? So we, <laughs> we, we hoist them up and, and, uh, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, my mentor is sitting here. I better do this yeah. right. I got to do this right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's watching me. He's watching, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, he, he could care less. He could care less. He, he's going through his just yeah, normal checks. Yeah. I he's got you normal. back. Yeah. Doing a great job yeah. over there, gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, we, we do a debrief at the end. And uh, like, oh, uh, so how'd I do? He goes, well, you did great. You know, like, like, <laughs> like, like, like yeah. 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 yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 I've seen better. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell you the things that, no. Uh, no, no he, that's awesome. He goes, you, he's, you, you, you're a little close to that antenna. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, what, you didn't tell me. Yeah, I thought you saw it. <laughs> you know what? That's a good instructor. You know why? Because now he's part of the crew. Yeah, he's not there to instruct. Yeah. He's there to be part of the crew, and that—that's awesome. Yeah, like eventually you have to have that, you know, that camaraderie between each other, where you, where you can get back into. Okay, now we're a crew. Yeah, you know, I'm not there to instruct. I'm there as a crew member. Yeah, so. he. He was he was one of the best. Uh, you know when you when you struggled with things, he he was able to to really teach uh, teach get through to you, and that's yeah. what my goal as an instructor was yeah. always. You have to find the way to to teach to your student. Yeah, and that's what makes you a good instructor. Yes, knowledge. We can all learn something. Right. If I don't know something, I look it up, yeah. and then I learn it, and then I can teach it. Teaching is not it learning it is not the hard part. It's to be able to right. transfer the knowledge to somebody else, which is the hard part. Right. And you know, you actually make a really good point there. One of my senior chiefs that uh, I was in Kodiak with, Olaf Lavelle, I'm throwing his name right there because he gave me some great piece of advice. He said, you don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. You just know, you have to know where to find everything. 
Mm. I was like, oh, that's good. You know, you, you need a math formula for something. I don't need to memorize a math formula. I just need to know where to find it to look it up so I can get the answer. You know, for you guys, same thing. Like, yeah. as an instructor, I, I'm, I'm there with you. Like, there, I forget a lot of stuff. Okay, where do you look it up? How do you find it to get the right answer? I agree. And especially with all this new equipment. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, the FLIR alone, to learn how to use a FLIR. I hate to use the word FLIR because that's just uh, it's like saying jacuzzi. It's uh, the thermal imaging systems yep. because yep. they're all different. They're all different but the same. You know, but you have to learn how to use your, your equipment. Right. And they're so technical today compared to... Um, the first one we had yeah was just you know you you moved a little you know pipper around and you know it moved right now it's today tracking tracking. yeah zoom in zoom out and you can adjust the gains to uh, yeah to to, uh, it's it's awesome 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 piece of equipment uh it it really changed the world of sar and and law enforcement Uh, i made many of uh captures and doing police work doing that yeah but uh you know with uh just be able to to scan the the ocean not it's 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 a tool right you know we can't depend on one tool right excuse me we can't you can't depend on just one but it is a great tool to have Uh, totally you know I, i know you guys are on mvgs you know goggles now we didn't have them no, it, uh, I love all, flying with I goggles. I spent my whole career unaided, and then the last yeah. year, they came out with the goggles and said, oh, you want to try these? And we didn't really have a program back yeah. then. Now they have a full, full-blown full program with NYPD. But uh, we didn't have one at all when I was yeah. there. We had the goggles, and we had a few guys that had, you know, military guys that had goggle experience. We were trying to get them to get their... Uh, we are trying to build the program at the time and yeah. get, get the goggle... Uh, the MV, uh, MVGI the instructor ratings oh yep yep uh, so I think eventually two of them you know you know Double D Dennis yeah yeah you know, <laughs> Dennis yeah. I love Dennis is, Den- you should get him he's you know he's um, he's down in Florida he's now chief pilot is he really yeah yeah, yeah I just right. heard yeah right. so, okay something like that I'll give him a hard time actually I don't even know if he is whatever I take that back we're, you know what we're gonna give it to him and then take it away yeah I don't know <laughs> come on chief Dennis <laughs> No, he was the chief pilot of the NYPD. Yeah. Uh, so Good guy. Just, uh, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, I got tons of stories about him. <laughs> He's a great, great dude. I love him to death. Anyway, he uh, obviously, Marine, who ya, uh, was a goggle guy. And uh, he pushed, he was the one that got us the MEGs. And, uh, um, and then we had uh, Eddie Schultz, uh, retired uh, Army uh, W4 from. National Guard, Army Guard. Okay. Great guy. Uh, once again, MVG guy. They're big yeah. into MVG. So uh, we had two really strong MVG instructors, but we didn't have the program up and running yet. So yeah. any of the training I had wasn't documented, any of the stuff. It, so really, I didn't get to use them uh, for work. We used them at the beginning yeah. just to... Get started to, and, you know, like yeah. we're trying them out. We, probably completely illegal, you know, flying them. None of our aircraft were MVG compatible. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, nothing uh, at the time, you know. Uh, today, yeah. uh, today's fleet, 
uh, the NYPD, uh, they have amazing aircraft, 429s. Uh, still have 412s, but they're all MVG spec'd out. Uh, they have the latest and greatest of everything. That's awesome. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what the equipment they're using today because I'm so far out of the game. But, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they have the tools. So we went from completely unaided to a fully uh, flying, fully aided at night, which changes the game. Oh, yeah. You know? It's amazing when you throw on a pair of night vision goggles and all of a sudden you can see the full horizon, all the structures and everything around it, and you're like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this this is – it's a total game changer. Yeah. Well, you know, so. we, I like I said, when I first got to the unit, it was all old-timers. And yep. the MVGs uh, that uh, were in play – in the in the 80s and the 90s were much old, different much, much different yeah uh, and uh and the and the few that knew about mbgs said no you don't want to we, we don't need them here you can't fly around the city with them. so we never pursued that right in, in in the police department because of our experts at the time yeah had very limited experience on technology. And circling back to the Hitron, uh, after 9-11, uh, for um, December 20th, 2001, we got the Hitron squadron based at Floyd Bennett Field with us. Okay. So they came out just to be there. Roger that. Roger that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I still am in contact and maintain friendships with those guys. They yeah. lived with us. You know, they, they were deployed on a deployment to in New York New York City yeah. December 20th. I mean, so they deployed typical military style. Yeah. Deploy your asset right before the holiday. Yeah. You know, like days before the holiday. Yeah. And so we made the best of it for them. Nice. And uh, and they lived us. And so now they came up at the time they were flying the, the Augusta 109s. Okay. Yeah. The, what they started the Hitron squadron with. Yeah. They're flying H65s now, I believe. Yeah. They. Well, I think they just switched back to the whole. They made one. You know, the. You know, a single. It's more logistically. Yeah. Better. Yeah, it's it's easier yeah. to take one aircraft yeah. and move it around the entire fleet. But, uh, I think at the time when they were building it, building the Hitron. Yeah, I know this doesn't have anything to do with the. It's all with, good. Uh, SAR, but when they were when they were building the Hitron, they were doing it. They did it that way, so Coast Guard uh, Command, uh, Central Command, whatever they call it. Uh, the, the mother, the head shed, couldn't deploy them to do SAR cases. Oh. They're not, they weren't SAR quality. They weren't SAR equipped aircraft. Right. They were not. They were no, hit not. Hitron was not they were, at the time. They got rid yeah. of all the SAR equipment. I don't, yeah. I, I don't even think they had a hoist yeah. on them. I, I, I don't and know. And if they did, yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't think they had a hoist. I, I don't know from experience, so because I'm not going to speak uh, that. They had the, the gun mounts. Yeah, the two guns that they carried. They were there for ammo. law enforcement. That was, that was their big thing. And uh, and that's why they they used the 109. And they had a, a, a whatever X amount of year uh, contract lease with uh, Augusta. Yeah. 
And so when they came up, they just the reason I'm talking about it is this how we got into the MVG world. Yeah. Uh, they had the latest and greatest because the Coast Guard always had the latest and greatest MVGs, you know, equipment yeah. because right, right. Uh, they had it better than the Navy because they didn't go far offshore. And um, <laughs> I had to throw that in. <laughs> and so. <laughs> I love and, the digs, man. So uh, whatever, New York. <laughs> so um, they had the they had the what we call right, generic, right? The Anvis nines, yeah. Uh, you know the latest and greatest yeah. uh, Gen three, uh, uh, with and they had the hood in theirs, so you can plug in. Uh, they could see all their their instrumentation through their goggles. Yeah. So you never actually had to look down at your instrument. It's all right there in the front, basically a front uh, heads-up display is basically what they're looking at. So badass. So they let us check it out. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not gonna throw them on the bus and say they gave us any flights and fan flights, (laughs) but we we put the helmet on and we we you know got to see uh, see the how good they are around the city. Yeah, and uh, and uh, when Dennis uh, fought for us to get them, it was a big battle because the police department said, "No, we don't want to spend uh, sixteen plus thousand dollars right. per uh, per set, goggle." Per yeah, goggle. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't even know what they are. Is that, I'm, I'm guessing yeah, I, it's somewhere around there. I I, yeah. I don't know how much they are now, but let's go round numbers and yeah, say just, you know, ten thousand U.S. dollars yeah. gives you a set of goggles and a battery pack. Right. That doesn't include the helmet mount right. or the helmet or right. yeah. all that so stuff. So we that, had to. We already know. had helmets. We had to change helmets when we got goggles. Of course, the helmets we had were terrible. Yeah, and they and don't. They, were, they might not have the mount in the no, front. No, we had and, the mount. Oh, but you did, they, okay. they were mounted in the wrong spot for the goggles that we had. Oh, for the nice. So yeah. Okay. There was a lot of uh, issues. Uh, issues. So we we, <laughs> we ended up changing to the glay. You know, the, the the helmet that I think you guys have now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, obviously. 20 years ago <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, a different helmet today yeah. but uh oh, 14 years ago 15 years ago so uh he fought and the police department didn't want to give it to us and we ended up getting it through uh, uh we were out at a uh some some uh, convention not convention uh some some dinner party and he he uh he could talk you know, <laughs> and uh, he he met the uh, somebody who's in charge of the widows and orphans fund. Okay. And they wanted to make a donation nice. to to us, and uh, I think it was the widows and orphans fund. It was one of them. Uh, police foundation. I take that back. It was a police foundation. Okay. And they made the donation, and they he says they go, "What do you need? What kind of equipment do you need?" And we like, "We need night vision goggles. Well, how many do you need? Well, we need at least sixteen pair." So they bought a 16. Oh my God, that's awesome! And then they didn't let us use them for two years. So that, yeah, it was one of those. Uh, one of those. Yeah. Uh, it was a long process, and now I'm so glad that they get to use them. Yeah. You know, I I was just on the cusp. I got to play with them. I didn't get to use them. Yeah. And uh, it's a great tool. Uh, it's an amazing tool. Amazing it, tool. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of tools that we use that, uh, we, like you said, we, we talked about baskets, penetrators, the right. diaper. Uh, did you use uh, Billy Pugh net? 
Uh, we did. I personally have not, and actually, I've never even used that in the water. I know of it because the Navy yeah. has used it. Yeah. Well, you know? we had one. Yeah, I, I watched it swinging in the hangar. You know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we never used it for a rescue. No. Uh, this what? Uh, so it sinks on the bottom, and then you have a big like orange float. That so when the basket or yeah, it's when just the big ropes like basically. Yeah, 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 it's all it is, and yeah. then it sits in the water, and then everybody kind of climbs on. Yeah. To so the it's float a multiple. Portion. Yeah. Multiple people can climb in. Right. Uh, you really need a strong aircraft to, to yeah. lift it up because yeah. it gets soggy, soggy yeah. And yeah, yeah, like you can't use it. Well, I, I'm not going to say you can't use it, but if if you put it on the hoist, you're very limited because the hoist is only so rated 600. for 600 pounds. Yeah. We didn't, was that 243 kilos? I don't think kilos. it was a hoist. Uh, no, I think it's, it's a, a, it's a uh, belly band belly. or you're using a cargo net. It's a cargo hook. One, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, cargo hook, right? Yeah, I think that's how it, it's attached to cargo yeah. hook. We never ever used it. I just was curious if anybody ever used it. I, I, I didn't use it. I, I know. I mean, yeah, people have. I mean, they, they designed it for. Mm-hmm. The I, like, use. I know they used it in, yeah. to to get the guys uh, from that landed with the the Apollo missions in the. Oh in the yeah, 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 yeah. Send that's, it down. They climb on. Boom, done. That's how they got them. Yeah. But I, I mean. In law enforcement, we never used it. I was curious yeah. in the Coast Guard if you used not it. Not that I'm aware of. I, I did not use it in the Coast Guard. I don't believe they have it now. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, there are other agencies and they have it. And there are other tools out there that, that are similar to that. You know, I mean. Yeah. Like I said, know. we went from using the, we used the basket. Yeah. At least my day. We used the basket and we used, the penetrator was, was the tool of choice for the majority of the rescues. They used it, yeah. Because we could we could put the victim, pull the strap around them, yeah, and connect the so the diver, yeah, and the and the and the victim could go up together, yeah, you know. So it's one hoist, uh, and we bring the two people up. But wow. it was a lot of work to get them into the cabin, yeah, you know, pulling them in. Yeah, uh, it's all technique, boys. It is all technique. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much more time you want to do, but I got. I got a lot more stories, you know. So, uh, you well, well I, man, I'll keep going. I'm not scared. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I'll tell you. Give me a, give me one more. Uh, uh, so, once again, just out, out about working, you know. Yep. And the klaxon goes off, you know, that famous sound that we're all used to hearing in the saw community, and uh, start running out to the aircraft. We're getting the information fed to us as we're going to the aircraft. Yeah. You know, we don't know anything as we're running to the aircraft. We just know getting the aircraft, suit up, start up, and uh, we'll we'll depart and figure out where we're going from there. And and uh, we go over to we. It's a a person in the water. Okay. At Guanas Canal. That's in the heart of Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn. So it's a canal. I don't know if it was a natural canal, which I'm sure it was at one point. Yeah. And then obviously now it's all man-made. You know, it's all been built up. And it's it's foul. As foul can be. It's nasty water. Nasty water. Because it doesn't, whatever's in there stays in there because the tide comes up. And pushes it back in, and tide comes out, it starts to come out. Tide comes back up, it pushes all that oh, yeah. sludge back in. Nasty. There used to be a tunnel okay. that was open that would 
would push the tides around and keep yeah. it keep it fresh. Now I, I don't know if it's changed. You know, um, I don't know if they ever fixed it. Okay, but it was foul. Like like you would need tetanus. <laughs> And yellow fever and <laughs> malaria, whatever. If you touch that water, you 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 were definitely getting sick of something. And or you're immune to everything. Everything. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to worry about the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, the the local precinct that was there, you know, I got into a foot pursuit, or a pursuit of a of a perpetrator. Okay. Like you like those words. Yeah, right? yeah, I do like those and words. The, the perpetrator was on a bicycle. Okay. And pedaling, 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 and I guess didn't realize that the road ended and a canal started <laughs> and went head over heels into the canal. Okay. And so they called, we got a person in the water. <laughs> nice. And um, so, you know, this is where we're responding. And we're only minutes away from Floyd Menafield to to that so that I want to say about three minutes from the time we start to the time we arrive is three minutes okay and um, it's a canal I don't know if you can picture a canal it's not like Florida a canal where there's nice sloping rolling hills no this is like walls vertical vertical walls straight up 20 feet yeah straight up yeah so roadway 20 foot drop vertical wall water water Go across, and it's basically the the width of a a, a, a city street. Okay, so you're talking maybe a little like, wider, maybe 50, 10, 5, 10, 60 feet. Okay, all right, so two streets together. So a standard lane is ten feet. Yep. So, so this is a little. It's it's probably about fifty feet wide. Dang. All right. So okay. it's a, it's a ways from one wall to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's it's not really big by any stretch. Yeah. But it's not. It's not tiny. Yeah. And, and you then, you could fit a helicopter in between the walls. And then uh, <laughs> and then there was the crossroad that crosses over. Okay. So where it happened was at the very end of the canal. Yep. So the perp, the victim at this point, <laughs> went into the water at probably the worst spot yep. for us as the rescuers. So you know we they were all pointing you know so now you get one whole side of the. The canal where the perp went in, yeah, and they were all pointing, and we, <laughs> we all look and we're like, and I was with my supervisor, but I was senior pilot, and, yeah, uh, and uh, he's like, "What are we gonna do? We're gonna hoist from here." I'm like, "Oh no, we're gonna go down there and pick her up." <laughs> I picked, it ended up being a female, and uh, no, we'll we'll go down and we'll deploy the divers, and the divers like, "Yeah, we'll we'll go, we'll do a surface." You know, you know they're they're talking to the crew crew chief and the crew chiefs on the comms with us. Okay. Yeah, we'll just we'll do a surface uh, jump. You know, and I'm like, you sure you don't want to wear the full face mask when you're going there? <laughs> they're like, no, it's good. <laughs> I, you guys are you guys are tough, man. You guys are yeah. I mean, these are, yeah, it's throwing up three days later. Why am I so sick? Yeah, uh, I, I can tell you why. <laughs> so anyway. I make I tell I tell him I'm with Mike Hendricks, great guy, you know, and I go, and he'll laugh if we, when we when we get together and have a few drinks and we tell this story, you know, because it's it's funny, you know. We so I make this approach. I'm like, it's, you know, we brief it. I said, yep. I'm just gonna come in, you know, slow and low. This she's holding on to a a rope. Okay. That's with the the floats. 
Then, uh, All right. yeah, yeah, I don't know what it's there for. Yeah, Maybe just... people are swimming in there. I don't know. But anyway, it's so foul. It's so <sighs> it's pitch black. The water. It's like sludge. I'm like, I don't even want to. I don't even want like the the downwash to touch the helicopter because you know it's going to smell. You know, you like you're anticipating yeah, this yeah. foulness. So I make this approach. You know, I, I I come in. It's I give them about a 10, 15 foot. Uh, like I said, three meter jump. Okay. You know, this surf it's a surface uh, surface rescue. So these guys, uh, but there's no wiggle room. I can't move left. I can't move right. Right. You're in between walls. And I'm down. And as I'm going down, I'm you know I'm eye level with the the police. You know the the, the guys, the street guys. <laughs> and now I'm going below them. Now they're above. They're looking <laughs> down at us. And uh, and the divers come out. And normally we pick up. Yeah, up and to the left. Yeah, not I here. I can't go, so I come up vertical, and I get the same look. I'm watching; <laughs> they're all looking. And, and my head done. Like, Mike, what's up? My, yeah, I'm like <laughs> they give the nod, you know, elbow, <laughs> you know, like you know, what you doing? And, uh, and Mike, Mike is. Wait, he's in New York. How you doing? How huh? you doing? And Mike, Mike is going. Mike is like hats, 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 and the, and they're all, all the hats. A flying <laughs> They're going everywhere, the hats. And I'm like, I, you know, they should have known better. There's a helicopter around. A little more power. So, you know, I, I get up and I get out of the way, right? And um, he goes, that was cool, man. You know, Mike is, yeah. he's like, man, that was cool. He goes, he goes you got big balls. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't feel that. I feel that. We, it's a job yeah, we could have done. Yeah. And we're going to have to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got to go get, we gotta go get our guy and the victim. <laughs> we gotta get the... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the perpetrator. Depending on, oh, victim well, right the now. Victim right <laughs> so, so uh, we come around. You know, they call for the bat. They call, they call for the basket. Because they had a handcuff on. Okay. They, had a, they put restraints on her. In the water. In the water. Oh. The zip ties. Yeah, because she was fighting them. Nice. Yeah, she was yeah. fighting them. So hey, for the record, uh, you know who's gonna win that battle? Yeah, the rescuemen. Yeah. Yeah, and, we know and, what to, we know what to do when it comes down to yeah, getting yeah. to the person that's in and distress. Our rescue, our rescue guys are police officers that <laughs> that yeah yeah, yeah. talk off off, yeah. off of the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but they, yeah. Uh, no, it's just to let everybody else know that you know if you're gonna yeah, battle the rescuemen, yeah, yeah you're gonna lose because yeah. we already know, we're going in expecting to win the fight. Yeah. So, well, we just dunk you. <laughs> I didn't want to tell them, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they, I think they, uh, I, I'm pretty sure because I wasn't there, I wasn't physically in the water. I think they uh, they zip tied her, okay, uh, just to restrain her hands, and uh, they put her in. A, they call for the basket. And uh, so they threw it because they couldn't put her on the on the. They, wanna, they couldn't put her on the rescue on the the penetrator. Oh yeah, yeah, because her hands would zip. Yeah. So um, and they were afraid she would jump, jump back in. So they they put her in um they put her in a basket, and uh, and then we hoisted her just her alone. Out of out of that. Uh, and then the divers were in the water. And so, okay, well, we'll put it down on the street. We'll land on the street and let the, the precinct take her. Yeah. Spurt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the victim is back yeah, into, now we get to arrest her. Awesome. <laughs> so, 
and this is once again everything I'm saying we do it's a normal evolution yeah. for the NYPD at the time I, I don't know what they yeah. did 10, so, 15 years ago so landing on the street we I know the aircraft I know the streets are wide enough for uh, we assess this actually, I'm going to put it there I, I, we never brought the basket into the helicopter because we didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So I wasn't going to land actually on the street. Yeah. I just wanted to lower the basket and they would the precinct. They take her out. And, and we're, we're in comms with the, with the precinct. Right. And um, we tell them what we're going to do. And uh, so I, I'm, I come up and I do an orbit around. I give them plenty of time to get ready. Yeah. I bring the basket down i line it up on the street yeah you know i'm going to put it down put it down put it down i get it on the thing and mike's going door 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 i'm like what like do, should i move he goes no i go so what, what what's the door he goes the the police car we call him an rmp the rmp door is open and now it's fully open <laughs> <laughs> so boom. it folded like oh. i'm like what? I, come so on, I, boys! Come all on, the hats, Like yeah. these guys were so not accustomed to dealing with helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> they had the doors open. They had the hats on. <laughs> Sorry, and, uh, I, I don't mean to laugh at that. Sorry, NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, so the door, the door, the, the hats. At first, he was going the hats, the hats, the hats. And I was saying, the door, the door. The. So oh. um, they take the perp out, and now I'm like. I mean, we, we bring up the, we, we get out of the way because we made this windstorm and damaged police vehicles and hats and and we get out of the way. We the crew chief brings the basket back into the into the aircraft and now we're looking for our divers and we can't find them. Like where are the divers? Where are the rescue guys? What they did was they swam over to the to the the crossover. Yeah. And there was a ladder and they climbed up the ladder and they're oh. on the street. Okay. So we're looking. And the people in the neighborhood are all out. You know, this is a local yeah. neighborhood. It's old Italian. Everybody's excited now. They want to see what's going on. So this on. is a you know, I mean, we call we we would call them Brooklyn hillbillies. They were the old Italian that lived in this neighborhood for fifty years. Yeah. Know? Like, I mean, I don't even think they spoke English. They spoke real Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Italian. You know, <laughs> like you know, I mean, this is the this was this this neighborhood was awesome. I mean. Poor. It wasn't a rich neighborhood. Yeah. But it was. It was just family. Yeah. You know? And they came out and they. <laughs> they were squirting. I didn't know this until afterwards, but apparently, so we, we're looking at our divers, and if they're, they're filled with, they're covered in bubbles, that like, um, like soap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the neighborhood, the people, the old ladies from the neighborhood coming out with like uh, sh um, dish detergent. And squirting them down with thing, and and the old men were shooting them with their hose instead of watering the cement like they normally do. Yeah, yeah. They were watering our divers as they were walking, and they were, they were just there. <laughs> and, and they were they were taking this bubble bath in, in the middle of the street, and I'm like, only in New York, only in New, New, New York, man. Oh my it's, god. And you know, we we touched down in the there was a ball field uh, just on the other side of. Like a, a block away from where they were, and, yeah. and so they saw where we were landing, and, and they got scrubbed down, and they came out. And they were squeaky clean when they got to the helicopter. And how do I smell? A little yeah, lemony right they, now. This is great. 
<laughs> so, you know, we talk about off button and different different oh. things, but you don't know. What do you say? You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Each job is different. Every rescue, every, every job. Every. I mean, we use the same techniques and tools and, yep. and you know, equipment yep. and, and training, but every single job is different. Yep. And, uh, and you know, you keep it within, you know, you keep you keep it real. You know, yeah. that's the real rescue. You know? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, oh, little pun the, right there. Listen to the real rescue. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it's uh, every job. And, I mean, like I said, NYPD, we do it, you know, 10 times a day, every day. Probably more than anybody else. Wow. I mean, that not all rescues. Yeah. A lot of recoveries, dead bodies. A lot of, you know, unfounded jobs we respond. Yeah. But every single day, that uh, saw helicopter responds to probably 10 jobs, 10 call-outs. Holy at least. God. That's awesome. 300 plus call, calls a year that, you know, I don't even know the exact number. I mean, crazy amount. It's, it's uh, so they become very, very routine, but different. Yeah. You know, and uh, each one, you know. I, I could keep going on and on and on. I know. Uh, I <laughs> mean, we've, we've wait, dropped wait. divers. We've dropped divers. Uh, they made the rescue. They come out and they want to fight the crew chief. And like, what happened? <laughs> he didn't zip. You know, they do the the check with the dry suit. Yeah. You guys wore a dry suit. Oh yeah. So yeah, the dry suit. So the the zipper in the back. Uh, no, no. All of our zippers are in the front. For uh, now, the Mustang. Even. Yeah, the Mustang ones yeah. now are in the. But but the but the but a scuba diving dry suit. Has yeah. that zipper in the back? Okay. Right, and uh, and so there's a big zipper, and and part of the the crew chief job is to check the zippers in. And we had it was a very fast rescue uh, in in Central Park in the lake. Okay. And it was a great rescue. We we got there, you know, and they, I think we got to the scene faster than the scuba guys got to be able to get dressed. Oh wow! You so quite. So you're so like so you're within, airborne, yeah. and we're on scene. We're on scene. Six yeah. minutes, you know, and. Uh, we knew exactly where we were going. They, they deployed, and uh, uh, I see one diver come back up. You know, like one one guy gives a thumbs up, and the other ones, you know, and he he goes, like he's he gives the thumbs up for the second guy. Yeah. And um, and uh, meanwhile, his zipper was open and filled with water. His dry <laughs> suit, and he had a walk to shore. <laughs> had, and um, and the other guy did the rescue. <laughs> and, he, and he came out. They, I mean, the, him and the crew chief got into like you know, fisticuffs over, like you know. So I mean, it's funny stuff that goes on. Oh my gosh. You know, we, you know, it's. Uh, but every job is different, and that's why training and, yeah. and checklists. And one of you guys, you know, we talk about checklists. Yeah. Uh, checklists are essential. Uh, Absolutely. Verbal checklist, mental checklists, yeah. and and crew coordination checklist, but. You know, not to not to slow the progress of the, the mission down, right? Because a lot of the stuff is done prior to you even starting. You you go in for the day, you do your your checklist. Yep. You know these things are all pre pre flights. It has nothing to do with the actual flight. Right. You Make do sh- it. Check your helicopter. Check your gear. Do a hoist check. Yep. Yeah. And then all that is done. And then when mission time comes, it's not you're not doing that during the mission. Right. And, right. um, and it's very hard to get the, the young, fledgling guys to yeah. to want to do because they want to go 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 go. Yeah. But you got to come in, 
you know, you have your coffee, go out there and pre-flight your aircraft. Yep. You know, and, and, and run through uh, what you're going to do. And if it's a new crew member, run through scenarios. Yeah. You know, a couple of scenarios, this is what we're going to do, this is what and, and make sure your whole crew comes out of pre-flights with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about the divers. I'm talking about the crew chief. Everybody comes out. Yeah. Uh, once again, I got stories. We did a, another... This will be the last one. Okay, okay. I know you, you, you know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm all right. I mean, we're only a, an hour and 40 in. This is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did a, uh, a really good rescue at night, uh, beach rescue. We don't ever, 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 in, in the 16 years I was there, uh, I can name two times we landed on the beach. Okay. It's just not something that we yeah. normally do. No. I'm not saying we don't do it. It's just not something that we a, normally do. It's a rarity. It's a rarity. And actually, the, it should be noted that the New York beaches are usually packed, packed with yeah. people all the time. Yeah. So you're not, not just... Not at night. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. They're like... But... The majority but, um, of the time, because you have a lot of people in that area, and there are limited beaches, or you got to travel, so they'll be like, oh, let's just go to this beach. So, so we, anyway. We did not intend to land on the beach. Okay. But the landing zone that... Jeez, just don't stop. The landing zone um, uh, that we were going to land at was they had built a, uh, one of those temporary carnivals at. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They used yeah. that because it, it was a big parking lot, but it was, it was a medevac uh, LZ designated for that beach. Okay. So um, normally they wouldn't park any you know but they they had a permit and they used it and and it was now you no longer have an lz so we didn't have an lz but you know we landed on the beach okay the scuba guys uh uh did a they went in from we didn't deploy them they they just we we shut down on the beach they went in the water yeah did a, I don't even actually they didn't find anybody we had to find them that was a, a missing they did a search for a missing okay and ends up the bodies were recovered a couple of days later okay down beat down like way know. away current they, took they, them they got they got caught in the current these kids yeah. and uh, we two. lost two or three kids uh, in Ugh. the current yeah it was terrible but uh, the crew gets back on me being one of them and we fly back to uh I was co-pilot, so I can't take the blame. But we get back to the, we get back to the hangar. Yeah. The crew chief comes in. He's ash and white, and he's he goes, uh, oh, "We got a problem." I'm like, "Oh hey, what's the problem?" We open. He was doing his daily inspection when the call came out. Okay. And he was putting fluids uh, into the transmission, and. Uh, he thought he had covered, closed everything up, and he had left the the funnel yeah. in the transmission, but it wasn't closed. And so, normally, probably wouldn't have mattered if we landed anywhere else, but we landed on the beach. So all the sand. Well, you don't know. You right. don't know. Oh no. Yeah. So we had to pull the transmission. Oh, <laughs> just, you know, oh. it's like one of those things, you know, yeah. like, you know it's, uh, uh, Murphy's rule, Mur Murphy's law. Yeah. You know, uh, normally, and I'm telling you in, in the 16 years I flew for them, 
we landed on the beach twice. Wow. And the one you one of them you landed at, it, and it has the the transmission cap was off. Yep. And it wasn't off because he forgot it off. He was in the middle of doing the daily because it was at night. You know, we were dailying the aircraft, and and he missed it. You know, he just you know it's just one of those things. You know. Yeah. And um, that happens anyways. more often than we like in the yeah. aviation world. You know, a, a tool is left somewhere, and that's a whole nother conversation that I'm not going to even yeah. like dive into right now. But you know. Yeah, I, I I mean, the suggestions that we had was a SAR aircraft is any 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 aircraft that's going to be called out for mission. Yeah. Needs to be not touched. Right. Uh, and you want to daily an aircraft, daily this one. When you're done dailing it, that now is the SAR aircraft. And now you temporarily daily. at least yeah. until you daily the other. But one. and that's what came out of it, I believe, yeah. uh, for a while. I don't yeah. know what they're doing today. But it, it is a big thing, and it happens too often. Right. You know how many times you know you check and there's an oil cap off. Right. You know? And it's not done intentionally. Nope. It's just. Our our maintenance staff is overworked in in the aviation community. Our crew members, both pilot, saw guys, you know the crew members in the back, ground handlers, yeah, management, yeah, are overworked and understaffed, right, uh, to the point where we we make mistakes that hopefully are not life threatening, right? Could be if we don't catch them. You know it, yeah. Man, that that is another conversation for sure. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that needs to be addressed uh, in this in the entire industry. You know, so you know. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There are a lot of guys that do the right thing all the time, but it's the time that you slip. You yeah. Know, and, yeah. It, yeah. Not so, even on purpose, like you said. So not on you purpose. know, there's guys that we believe do the things right all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. and just because you follow the checklist to the T and and do everything doesn't mean you're the only way it's done. Right. I, I, so I, I'm not a true believer in, I'm, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid and say that. I'm not going to make anybody. Procedures, we follow procedures. Right. 100%. Checklist is just one of those procedures. Right. Uh, mental, mental work, you know, through a good checklist you know, a lot of times they say the best, your best co-pilot, the best captain, uh, you know, if you you fly by yourself, you're both, you know, your CRM has to be the best. Right. You know, when you fly in a dual crew, you know. You've got backup. You got backup. So, uh, you know, you can read a checklist when you're by yourself. Yeah. Very difficult. To pull out that checklist and read because now your situational awareness is not outside where it belongs. Right. Right. You know, so as an instructor teaching people how to do something, I say you have to know you have to have a mental checklist. Yeah. As well. Yeah. By all means, a physical readable checklist is there to back you up. It is not there to to be the only way to do it. Right. I totally agree. You have to you have to follow the checklist. Yeah. Uh, I have other issues with some checklists that we yeah, have, but it, it's, checklists uh, are, are are done. Human nature does things one at a time. 
Right. Because we can only say things one at a time. Yeah. So a checklist is read one item at a time. Not always in a in in an order that needs to be done. It just we can only do things right. step one, step two, step three. Not step one because if you don't do step one, step two can't be done. Right. Right. So yeah. it's not a um, not the only way to do it. So if you go out of sequence for a reason, it's not because there's no harm and foul in in doing it out of sequence. It just it messes up your flow. It messes up your flow. And now you forget things. something, or now you miss something. It's as simple as I, I, I'll do a simple little one, and it doesn't. It doesn't. This is my opinion. I, you know, any agency that does this out there, hoist power on. Is that in your checklist or not? I don't need it in my checklist because I can't hoist without hoist power, right? I mean, I'm going to ask for it eventually. Right. But if it's not in my checklist, and then all of a sudden I'm standing on the skid and I'm like, oh, why is this shit not working? I haven't asked for hoist power. Right. If it was in my checklist, now I know it's on, and so on and so forth. So well, there's. Uh, yeah, I. I and, I, and then I come from another, say, why do I have to even ask for horsepower? It should be on. Like, it, like yeah, there, why is it, Why am I turning it off? There are arguments about that as well. It has and no effect on flight. None so whatsoever. Here's, here would be my argument with that. And it would be, especially at night, if my eyes are inside the cabin and you have horsepower on and we have a runaway hoist, now all of a sudden you have a hoist cable going out and I don't pick it up. And now we're flying, again, forward flight. So this, that would be my biggest argument about leaving okay. horsepower on. Um, I would rather have it off until I absolutely need it. However, I, I, okay. there are it's, times. That's a good point. So at night, if I need a searchlight and I need horsepower on because it's connected to the system, now I have to have the searchlight on, but I have to have horsepower on. So that would, that's, again, where the argument comes in is like, for me personally, I would rather keep hoist power off so I don't have to worry about a hoist malfunction as we're flying in a search pattern okay. or over terrain or over a vessel or, you know, I mean, right, right, right. that would be mine. I, I know where your head's at, though. Like, no, I, 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 it's a valid point. This is great because this is a great conversation. I mean, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that don't have this conversation. It's like, no, this is the only way to do it. Well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Or why don't, don't you try something else? I mean, uh, once yeah. again, a lot of things I did were done differently than we do today because yeah. because of technology yeah. and uh, and systems and training and yeah. and different things. I, you know, I've been out of the the hoisting game for just a, a wee bit. Yeah, just how a, old are you? No, I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> old enough and, to know better. Come on now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, you, you learn. You know, yeah. and if we if you don't learn, the day we stop learning, the day we die. Right. Agreed. So, uh, you know what? Let me let me circle back to the something you said in actually the beginning, and that is that, you know, with with everything that we do, we keep ourselves in check, and we keep our buddies in check, because of exactly what you're talking about a little bit ago. Where, you know, if you let yourself get a big head, or you think you're better than, than the situation, yeah. somebody's going to get hurt, and and I truly believe that the I'm going to say the majority of us, not all of us, but the majority of us that do this job are very humble. Yeah. You know, it, it takes, you yeah, know. It's agreed. You know, if you have a guy that's a, a rogue or a cowboy or yeah. whatever you want to call him, uh, you know, uh, 
that's going to do put put the crew at risk. Yeah. Uh, it, he could handle the aircraft, knows the job, knows everything, can can do the mission, but yet doesn't take into account of what's happening with the crew. You know, risks yeah. puts the crew in jeopardy every time he flies. Right. Full hard. You know. Yeah. Um, can um, is not good. Yeah. And that's that. Those are the ones you need to uh, to weed out about community. And how do we do that? You know, you know, you don't want to you don't want to take people out and say, oh, you can't do it. But you can't do the job safely. No. Then we don't need right. You. Because if you're the, I think this is what we were getting at earlier. If you're going to be the accident, if you're going to rescue people and yet you become the accident. You're not helping anybody. No, you're not helping anybody. First of all, there's nobody coming to get you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, or it's going to be a long time. So now you've just made both situations yeah. work. Yeah, I, you so. know, I, and that's that. That was always our priority in the, yeah. in the police. Um, you know, I, I think that's where I was going with earlier. Uh, another story. Uh, I was. It was another sad day in police history. Uh, New Jersey uh, City Police lost two police officers. Uh, they had driven off a bridge. Um, um, I can't tell you what year it was offhand. Uh, it was uh, Christmas morning. The fog. Mm. So I, I was on a double shift. Okay. I don't want to tell you I was on a triple because we weren't allowed to do triples. <laughs> but I was. Then, then we will not say that you were on the triple shift. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this short. I got ten minutes. One second. Roger. Uh, I gotta just answer my wife. Cut this short, man, bro. We've been okay. going yeah, for like yeah, two yeah. hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> my wife just told me I have to go pick my daughter up at school. But well, since I'm right here, I can hustle. Go. So <laughs> ten minutes. No, I get ten minutes. Okay. So, um, um, uh, cops. Foggy. Oh, so the Christmas So Eve. I was on this double Triple. shift. I was on a. I was the saw guy. Up until midnight, the okay. sock happened. You know, we minimum crew. It's one aircraft. You know, we have on. So we just we're gonna respond to. Well, two aircraft. We have the patrol ship and we have the sock crew. So, and and usually just minimum guys. This is crew chief and the crews. You know, because it's a holiday. It's Christmas Eve. It's yeah. Christmas Day. I was single. No kids. You know. Took care of the, my brothers. Nice. I, said, I want Thanksgiving off. You know. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we always had a workout. You know, a nice thing. I would take care of the guys until I had family, and then I said, "Oh, too bad." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm the senior guy. I take off when I want. <laughs> so, um, so uh, car accident. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to trying to play. So I worked up until midnight, and then. And then the, the next crew comes on, but I'm I'm part of that next crew because I'm working the, the night shift as well. Okay. I'm working the double shift, right? And the supervisor, uh, leave him nameless, he says to me, I'm going to be the saw guy and you will take patrol. And I'm like, you know I'm on a double. Triple. And um, he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's, the fog is down to our ankles. You know, because uh-huh. we were at Floyd Bennett Field, lovingly known as Fog Bennett Field. Okay. Yeah. So when the fog rolled in, it rolled in 
quite uh, quite strong. Uh, so no big deal. I go lay down in uh, in the bunk, and um, I hear the klaxon go off. So I, I'm gonna get out. You know, there's only a few of us. We have to tow the aircraft out of the hangar. Yeah. We open up the hangar doors, and the fog is rolling is in, like rolling, rolling into, the, into the, hangar. the hangar. Yeah. And and you know and and over the speakers like. Two police officers, uh, Jersey City, uh, went into the water. We're responding. I'm like, man, this, this fog is really bad. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not the saw guy. And um, out comes the saw. Sergeant goes, okay. He goes, uh, Glenn, you're gonna you're gonna fly the saw mission. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you just told what? me I'm not the saw guy. Now I I'm go, the saw guy. I go, yeah, I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm like, what? <laughs> He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, we got two officers down. Uh, you and I will go do it. I'm not going to take one of the other guys. And you fly it. You're better in the fog than I am. I'm like, better in the nobody's fog. Nobody, good in the yeah, fog. No, nobody's good in the fog. But because we're police officers, okay, we're going to respond. Okay. And I, and I brief the mission to him. I go, okay, I know my way to Jersey City yeah. by street. And all I need is... 75 feet, 100 feet, as long as I can fly above the streetlights, I'm getting us there Yeah. to put the divers in the water. <laughs> we got brothers in the water. You know, this is... Yeah. The, and, all right, so, uh, you know what? There's a whole other conversation right here because you're you're pushing the limits. Oh, yeah, we were... I mean, it was... I'm, I'm telling you, the fog was down to my ankles. And... Um, but I, I, I had a lot of confidence in me yeah. knowing where I'm going. Yeah. I know my obstacles. I know, I know where I'm going. Uh, if I could follow Flatbush Avenue straight, I can get us uh, to, the, to the Hudson River. I can hop across to the city, hop across to Jersey City. Okay. I, I, I have a plan. Okay. I take off, and I'm in it. I'm IMC. That's in the clouds. Yeah. Um, I can't see. I can't see the ground. I can't see the sky. I can't see my co-pilot. I can't see. The fog was. I can't see my co-pilot. That's awesome. And you know, we take off, and I'm like, I tell him, I go, uh, boss. I said, I, I can't even see Flappish Avenue. <laughs> I said, I'm flying. I, I, I'm on with the tower now. I go. Well, he's, you know, we, we declare, I was saying, you know, well, you know PD is uh, off. And he goes, he goes, you guys, I am, you guys VFR? <laughs> like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he goes, what God. do you need from us? I go, yeah, we got offices down, you know. And, uh, so we tried to, uh, to climb up out of it, out of the fog. And I, I, I couldn't. I was in it. I was IMC. So he circles me around, and I and we had. So this, he's watching you through radar and oh, giving yeah, you radar, and uh, he circles us around, and uh, and um, I climb up to you know, like five hundred feet, and uh, I shoot a pseudo approach back into Floyd Bennett Field. They had Falling. all the radio. They had all the radio cars on with the lights. Yeah, and I was able to see the lights, and I, he's like, oh, let me know what you need, and uh, I, I I was able to touch back down at Floyd Bennett Field, 
and we we uh, got the divers out of the the helicopter into a car and they drove to yeah it was, it was it's a terrible feeling not to be able to respond yeah and it was a stupid 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 idea to try to attempt that mission yeah. but you know you have this uh this adrenaline mm-hmm. and uh the need to help fellow police officer in uh there's that pressure pressure there. Uh, well there really was no pressure nobody's oh, telling that's... us we have to go yeah it's well, that internal yeah want to help yeah uh, when an officer your, your brothers the, your brothers and, that are down uh, yeah it was it was um you know you have to know your limitations and uh, oh i was able to i mean i i have a lot of, i had a lot of very good training uh i'm very comfortable in the northeast we flew you know in the in the clouds all the time yeah. a lot of ifr uh in the system and out of the system, you know, scud running. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I would have been comfortable doing it. It's not – scud running is, to me, the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> killed Kobe Bryant. Yep. Uh, but he wasn't comfortable scud running. It's a different story. Uh, there's, there's differences. Uh, I'm not saying to do it. I, I highly recommend not – ever scud running and at one point in my career I, I did it one time too much and i had a celebrity on board i was flying a private helicopter i ended up having a touchdown in a, a ball field yeah and uh, and i said to myself that'll be the last time i ever do this i said uh not for 35 dollars an hour you know yeah it's, it's not worth it no and no. uh so you you have to know your limitations yeah so this is another thing about SAR we lost uh, recently a few years back that SAR uh, helicopter up in um, what was it up in uh, the UK somewhere or uh, Ireland or something big uh, a SAR helicopter crashed into the one little obstacle out in the middle of the ocean yeah yeah if you I, I, I've heard the story I don't yeah, I don't, know, I, I don't know the whole story but I don't, they were flying I don't know if it was an S92 or something or uh, or a um, I think, and they I were think they so. were searching for something. They even said there's an obstacle there, and they were talking about it, and and they hit it, yeah. and, and they they hit the one thing that they they had to avoid, and you know it's 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 just terrible that we 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 think that we could do something like that, and you get yourself into that mindset. I can do it. You could do it until you hit something, right, and. And kill everybody on board the aircraft. A perfectly yeah. good helicopter. That's that's what drives me insane in our community. Yeah. That we 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 crash perfectly good helicopters and kill people. Yeah. While we're trying to to rescue rescue them. somebody. Yeah. So, Again, now we've done no good for the people in distress. So, I've done it. I've tried it. I know I it was stupid. I had nobody to to tell me no. I wasn't even assigned as the PIC for the mission, for yeah. the for the the shift, which was even st- more stupid that I took the mission. <laughs> I was on a triple, you know. No, no, we didn't do triple. Oh, that triple. I was on a double, <laughs> double and a half. And um, and you know, it was just, just really, really stupid on my part. And uh, and then as a as especially as being an instructor in the unit, the yeah. senior pilot in the unit, yeah. Why? But like you're saying to yourself, 
I got to go because I got right, right. brothers down. Yeah. Man. I got to go. Glenn, thank you for coming. You have given us some amazing insight for everything, dude. I, I can't thank you enough. No, so man, it's fun. It's I, wish, been, it's I, wish a, I, I wish I had exciting rescues like you guys. Oh, did. whatever. Like the dude. Coast Guard. You, oh, did I tell you a time that YPD rescued the Coast Guard? We're not going to get into oh, that. Right, right, <laughs> don't talk about that. I don't want Rob DeCoupin to get mad at me. <laughs> I love you, Ladies buddy. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. Glenn Hoffman. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. And with that, we are out of here. Oh, listen to The Real Rescue. It's a great show. Thanks, man. Be good, bro. I'll see you later. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and like my daughters like to tell me, like and subscribe. Oh, yeah. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story that they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or if you have any questions about any of the rescues or anything else that we talk about here on this podcast, send me an email, therealrescue at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q at gmail.com. You can also check us out on our Facebook and Instagram page at The Real Rescue. That's at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. I also want to give a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember that when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard. <laughs>